Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line on a magnificent Monday. Coming off of what was a terrific sports weekend, I hope you enjoyed every second of it as much as I did. Coming up today, my hot takes for the weekend, your hot takes from the weekend. Dustin Johnson, Jim Harbaugh, Go You Northwestern, and a whole lot more. But frankly, there's only one place to begin. Murray back to throw, flushed out, rolling left in trouble, slips a tackle, got to launch it. He does. Left side, into the end zone, jump ball, and it is. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh my goodness, it's caught! DeAndre Hopkins caught it! He caught it for a touchdown with one second left! I can't believe it! You've got to be joking me! Hopkins reaches up with three defenders around him and pulls it in, and the Cardinals lead it 32 to 30 with a second left. Arizona Sports 98.7 FM on the play to this point of the NFL season. Kyler Murray on a dead sprint to his left as the clock ticks towards zero and his team trailing by four, somehow managing to throw a dart into the end zone where DeAndre Hopkins jumped over three Buffalo Bills defenders and caught a touchdown that won a game and changed the entire trajectory, it feels like, of the season for that team. The Arizona Cardinals, who I've been saying all along are a year ahead of schedule. Well, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, they arrive based on that play. Sometimes you don't find the play, the play finds you. That was the kind of play that jumpstarts special things. And when we look back on the beginning of the development of the relationship between Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, that is going to be one of the all-time great, and I do not think this is overstating it, one of the all-time great quarterback-receiver combinations, that's where we will look. They've been good this year, but that was the kind of moment that changes everything. And you know what? Rex Ryan said it on TV this morning and everyone else in the world has been saying it and I can't help it because it's not what I wanted to think, but it was exactly the first thing I thought. How the hell did the Houston Texans trade that guy away? They traded DeAndre Hopkins. What do you think Deshaun Watson was sitting watching that yesterday thinking to himself? I used to have that guy and we traded him along with a number four for the second, a a number two pick, a round two pick, a second round draft pick, and David Johnson. That's one of the worst trades ever. That makes Brock for Brolio and, and, and Babe Ruth seem like deals that sort of benefited both sides. What a terrible trade that was. It was terrible in the moment, and it never looked worse than it looked yesterday as DeAndre Hopkins made a play for the ages Because we discussed this this morning. No one did anything wrong. The defense didn't do anything wrong. That play wasn't a Hail Mary. It's going to be called the Hail Murray because it looks like one. But that's not what that play was. They had all sorts of other routes they were running around out there. And Kyler Murray gets flushed to his left and on a dead run has to basically spin his hips in the air and fling a ball in the direction of DeAndre Hopkins, who has three guys around him by the time it gets there. That is not a Hail Mary. That's just a spectacular play by the two best players on the field. Here was Ryan Clark describing it further this morning on Get Up. The play that Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins makes is a a one-in-a-lifetime play. There are not five quarterbacks who can get away and get to the sideline. There aren't five quarterbacks who can make that throw, and there aren't five receivers that can make that catch. That play was about two transcendent talents showing us what they could do in the biggest moment of the game. 
That's what it was. And in a division where suddenly Seattle is really struggling and Russell Wilson is turning the football over and the pressure of trying to carry that defense, I think, is getting to him. And the Rams look like they are for real, but their offense, I still don't trust it in big moments, and I have a feeling you don't either. And the 49ers have had their season hopelessly derailed by a variety of injuries that probably no team could overcome. All of a sudden, the Arizona Cardinals, two years removed from having the first pick in the draft, from being the worst team in the NFL, from being team turmoil, from having fired their coach after one year and given up on a top 10 quarterback in one year looking like the poster children for terrible mismanagement, all of a sudden might well be the best team in the best division in the NFL. So that's where it begins with that spectacular play coming up. And I'll remind you that you can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. I'm inviting you to call right now. The number is 888-SAY-ESPN. We're going to do our hot takes. This is a Monday staple here with me, Greeny, on ESPN Radio. I will give you my top three hot takes from yesterday, and then I want yours. Give me your single hottest take from the NFL yesterday. The number is 888-SAY-ESPN. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. So your hot takes are coming up in a moment. It's time for mine. Bubba, give me a little music. We number these three, two, and one. Number three. At number three, Carson Wentz is not the problem in Philadelphia. That team stinks from top to bottom. And after Daniel Jones humiliated them by running what should have been an 88-yard touchdown on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago, For them to be totally unprepared for the quarterback run and to allow Danny Dimes to run for that touchdown yesterday, completely setting the tone for the game and having no one accounting for him was a perfect microcosm of what is wrong with them. Now, I'm not in any way here to defend Carson Wentz. He's been flat out bad, and he is unquestionably part of the problem. But he just might be part of the solution. Nothing else there is. It's a disaster, and in fact, right as I was getting set to come on here, I saw a tweet, I want to read it to you. Doug Peterson, who finds himself in a terrible situation right now, the coach of the Eagles, does a regular appearance on WIP in Philly, and I guess he was emotional this morning, and he said, quote, should I hang up now? I'm filling my obligation right now. I'm pissed off. His words, not mine. So these are terrible times right now, but the bottom line of it is this. Brett Favre set the table last week. That didn't come out of nowhere. If you think those things come out of nowhere, Brett Favre hasn't said anything like that in all the time he's been out of football. And oh, by the way, just happens to be Doug Peterson's old teammate and friend. And all of a sudden it just comes out of nowhere that he's got negative things to say about Carson Wentz. I think we are this close to it being a question of the quarterback or the coach in Philly. And that's going to be a fascinating decision to have to make. Because the coach is the one who led you to the Super Bowl. That city, that team, fell in love. That city fell in love with that team. They've won one championship in the Super Bowl era. And Doug Peterson won it for you, and Carson Wentz didn't. Peterson won it for you without him. So if you're the franchise, do you choose the coach or do you choose the quarterback? They have all the money in the world wrapped up in the quarterback for the next few years. So they may not even have the option. But I'll tell you this. You watch them play. Carson Wentz is by no means their biggest problem. He's not playing well, but that team stinks. And so the Eagles, that was the kind of game yesterday that just ends it. If they were in any reasonable division in the National Football League, they should 
their fans would be talking about tanking. Instead, they're sitting a game and a half in front of a giant team that looks like they're a heck of a lot more interested in winning than the Eagles do. So my hot take number three today is Carson Wentz is by no means the biggest problem with the Eagles. Bubba, next one. Number two. The Ravens are done. The Ravens, are, they're just not good enough. You watch them play, and, and I, will, I will say this, if you want to make excuses... In fact, I'll even say that word advisedly because some things are excuses and some things are reasons. Sometimes I think we mix up excuses and reasons. Like football players and many athletes are fond of saying, we don't make any excuses. Well, some things aren't excuses. They lost their left tackle. Like three days after they paid him $100 million, Ronnie Stanley. That devastates a team that lives on overpowering you. And then last night, they lose the best blocking tight end in the NFL, Nick Boyle. Out for the year with a knee. That team can't run it down your throat anymore because everybody knows it's coming. And they can't beat you throwing the football either because Lamar Jackson can't do it or he has no one to do it with. And until they get him someone to do it with, we won't know which of those it is. I'm by no means ready to put this on Lamar Jackson. This is about them putting together an offensive philosophy that last year put up numbers the likes of which we'd practically never seen before in the NFL. And then this year, deciding they were just going to run it back again and hope nobody figured it out. Well, you know what's happened? People have figured it out. And the injuries have been a factor as well. And now you turn to Lamar and you say, well, every now and again, you've got to carry us with your arm. And he's going to say, and he's not saying it directly, but you've heard the little fractures. You've heard Harbaugh talking. You heard Lamar talking on Rich Eisen's show. You hear the little fractures in it. Lamar Jackson, on some level, I think, might be saying, who exactly is it you want me to throw to? Who exactly is it you want me to beat them on the outside with? They don't have that. So the Ravens this year are done. This year, but I, by done, I don't mean they won't make the playoffs. I don't mean they're going to lose out. But when you make a list, a short list of the teams that you could see in the Super Bowl this year, the Ravens are by no means on it. I believe there were only two teams on it in the AFC, Kansas City and Pittsburgh. But there are others I would name before I'd get to Baltimore that I would give a chance. I give the Raiders a chance before I give Baltimore a chance. I give the Colts a chance before I give the, Ra- the, uh, the Ravens a chance. The Ravens need to rethink this. It was fun to watch, but this little tiny micro era of Ravens football is over. And now it's time to find out if the quarterback can beat you if you get him the weapons and play something that resembles a regular offense because this thing isn't fooling anybody anymore and they're not running it down people's throats. So that's hot take number two. The Ravens for this season are finished. Bubba, there's one more. Number one. The best player in the National Football League yesterday was not DeAndre Hopkins and it was not Kyler Murray. The best player in the NFL yesterday was Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey pulled a Revis. And if you know me, you know there is no greater compliment I can pay an NFL player than to say that he was like Revis yesterday. Darrell Revis and Revis Island was my favorite thing I've ever seen in pro football. Darrell Revis, at his best, just took your best receiver out of the game. It was like he didn't even play. And Jalen Ramsey did that to DK Metcalf yesterday. DK Metcalf, with Jalen Ramsey on him all over the field, had two catches for 28 yards. This is a guy in Metcalf who was setting the league on fire, and I take back nothing I said about him. I still believe he is going to be the best receiver in the National Football League and is already among them. But Jalen Ramsey yesterday pitched a shutout. He was brilliant. Metcalf got behind him one time and Russell missed him. That was a, that was a 
bad loss for the Seahawks, not because they lost to a bad team, because the Rams are by no means a bad team, but the way they lost. It looks like the weight of all this, of letting Russ Cook, is getting to him. He had scored 34 points in each of their two losses. Last night, they only scored 16 against a Ram team that has a good defense, but they're not the 85 Bears. Pressure's getting to Russell. He turned it over four times two weeks ago. Yesterday, he throws another pick in the end zone. You know, he's thrown three interceptions in the end zone this year. He had never thrown more than one in any individual season before. So the Seahawks are in trouble. But that's not my hot take. My hot take is that yesterday, Jalen Ramsey was the best player we saw on any NFL field in any game, inclusive of everyone. And there was some great performances. Rojo in Tampa was spectacular. A lot of people, people played great yesterday. But the best player in the NFL yesterday was Jalen Ramsey. Those are my hot takes coming out of a very interesting NFL Sunday. Now it's time for yours. We've been lining them up. 888-SAY-ESPN. Let's take a few, but we're looking for hot takes only here. Let me hear from you. Bubba, who's first up? We got Mike, Pennsylvania. Mike in Pennsylvania. You're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Give me your hottest take. My hottest take, Greeny. I'm a diehard Giants fan, but I'm a realist when I come to the team. The Giants are the real deal right now. I'm not saying they're the, the... Don't put them on the mantle yet, but that team are fighters. Coach Judge, Coach Garrett, Coach Graham, they they have that team coming together. They're getting better each week and every week, and I'm telling you, I'm noticing something with Garrett, what he's doing with Jones. He's getting the ball out of that kid's hands a lot faster. The team is gelling. They're disciplined. They're playing mean football, and I know you said that the Eagles looked bad yesterday, but I got to give it to the Giants. I got to. They really are stepping up their game as of late. I got to tell you. Yep. Mike, let me jump in here because I want to get as many hot takes in as I can. I want to tell you, I basically agree with you completely. The Giants are not a really good football team, but they play like they care. They are playing for that coach. Look how much their defense has improved from the beginning of the season to now. The the quarterback all of a sudden isn't turning the ball over the last two weeks, and when he doesn't turn the ball over, he's pretty good. He runs it better than you think. He throws it. And they're playing without their best offensive player in Saquon. And they've had a variety of other injuries. So the Giants, I think, are a team on the come. And I think they're going to win that division. So, Mike, I appreciate the take. I like it. And I actually agree with it. Bubba, who's next on the Dr. Pepper call-in line? We can stay right here in Connecticut and talk to Griffin. Griffin, what's your hot take? Hey, Green. Nice to talk to you. Love you out very much. Um, my hot take is I think the Miami Dolphins are the best team in the NFC East. They look good defensively. Tua Tungabiola is not doing too much, but he's doing just enough for that tough team to get the win. I, I agree with you. You said the best team. I know you misspoke. You meant to say the AFC East. They're definitely the best team in the NFC East. Are they the best team in the AFC East is the question. They're sitting at 6-3. and three. The Bills are 7-3. and three. I believe they play each other again. Let me take a quick look at the schedule here. Let me give you Miami's schedule. The Dolphins get the Broncos this week. That's a win. The Jets the following week. That's two wins. The Bengals the week after that. That's three wins. Then they get Kansas City. Yeah, they play the Bills the last game of the season. Here's what I think. I think the last game of the season, Sunday, January 3rd, get ready for that game to get flexed to NBC Sunday night because I think that game will decide the division. The Dolphins are really good, and their future is insanely bright. They still have all those draft picks and all that. They got the Texans' first and second round picks. The Dolphins are going to be loaded a year or two from now. And I like what I've seen from Tua. 
So I agree with you. They may be the best team in the AFC East now, and they have the brightest future for sure. Let me get one more in here. Bubba, give me one more hot take. We got Joey in Los Angeles. Do it, Joey. What's your hot take? Greeny, how's it going? So I told you that the Rams are going to win the West, and at this point I believe that, but my hot take, it's time to start saying that Sean McVay owns Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. In his tenure, they're 5-2 and against the Hawks, but they've lost twice. The Seahawks did not beat them. Cooper Cup dropped the touchdown, and Greg Zerline missed the field goal. They're two plays away from being 7-0 and against Seattle under Sean McVay. Time to start giving him more credit for that. Go he's, he's an excellent coach. And look, Sean McVay, I don't know how much more credit he can get than he does around the NFL. Basically, every single NFL team has been trying to find the next Sean McVay. So he's a tremendous coach. He's not a good coach. He's a tremendous coach. And they're very... Look, I think they're better than Seattle. San Francisco is hopelessly banged up. To me, it's the Rams and the Cardinals. Let's see when they play again. Let me give you that one. Stand by one second, because this is... It's fun to watch and think about. They will play each other. Yep, Cardinals-Rams. That might be... uh, Maybe... So January 3rd, which game gets flexed? Are the Bills and Dolphins for the AFC East on the last day of the season? Or is it the Cardinals and the Rams? Those teams do play each other at SoFi Sunday, January 3rd. Could that be the game that winds up getting flexed? We will see. These are great hot takes. Thank you, everybody. And we'll set aside some time for some more a little bit later. I want to get to a few other things because it's a crazy, busy day around the world of sports. Uh, But we will have time for some more calls a little bit later. I also can invite you to download the DraftKings app and use my name, Greeny, as the code. And you will get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after its time. The genius, you said? Your genius! He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant! That's right, Charles. Thank you very much. I told you last week that Dustin Johnson was going to win the Masters, and indeed he did. Congratulations to DJ, who has been... You know, it's interesting in golf... And I'm only going to take a minute on this. I know everyone wants to hear me talk about football, and I will. I promise you I'm coming back to football, and we'll be with it basically wall-to-wall today. But I did want to take this moment, A, to beat my own chest because I had the winner right, but B, more importantly, to point out just how important these tournaments are. My friend Mike Tirico said it brilliantly once. He said 48 weeks a year, these guys play for a living, and the other four weeks they play for history. This weekend changed everything about Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson, who is 36 years old and has made more money than any human being could ever possibly make, was basically a guy who the narrative on him was so much talent, just the one major, won the U.S. Open that one year in 2016, had four other opportunities with a lead going into the final day and couldn't get it done. The narrative on his career was to some extent not quite living up to the talent. And these four days change everything. From now on, he is a master's champion, and no one ever says of him that he didn't live up to the talent. You win a U.S. Open and a master's in your career, you've had a great career. He's the number one player in the world, and I do not think he's done winning majors by any means. He is the best player in the world right now, and I believe that if everybody plays their best, including Bryson DeChambeau, he wins every tournament he plays. But I I am so happy for him because he's got so much game. And I think 
people sort of see him a certain way because of some ways he behaved at the beginning of his career. And he's got the celebrity fiance and he's Gretzky's son-in-law to be and all that stuff. Dustin Johnson is first and foremost, a great player. And from now on, he's got a green jacket in his closet and that will never be taken away from him. All right, here's the best news I can think of to share with you. I didn't get in almost anything I meant to there because we just have so much to say, which means you've got to stay with me for the next hour and 40 minutes. I'm going to be jam-packed. Coming up next, I will tell you that it is no secret how the best team in the NFC wins. The problem is their coach doesn't want to. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny with you, half past the hour. Delighted that you are here on this Monday off a spectacular weekend. Just did my hot takes, your hot takes, and talked a little bit about Dustin Johnson winning the Masters. In just a second, I will tell you about the one team that should be the best team and their coach, I think, is the problem. But first, you may have just heard Christine Lisi Lisi mention it. This is a very big deal. The NCAA has announced that this year, if if we are fortunate enough to get a March Madness that it will not be played in all the original sites that had been scheduled, but they will play everything in one place, and they're talking about Indianapolis. You might have seen over the weekend Rick Patino, who is now the coach at Iona and has been, um, you know, he's a Hall of Fame basketball coach. You don't need me to tell you who Rick Patino is, suggested that we push everything back and that this year we have May Madness because the idea of trying to put together a college basketball season that starts in the next two weeks with everything where it is right now, feels unrealistic. And going back to the beginning of this pandemic, I started the radio show in August, but I was on TV every single day in March and in April and in May, and I had sort of one mantra that I kept repeating, and that is, I will be optimistic because it costs the same as being pessimistic, but I will not be unrealistic. I will not lie to you. And so it is my opinion that the idea that they're going to try and play a college basketball season of any kind that starts in two weeks is insane. I don't see any way they're going to be able to do it. Jim Beheim has tested positive. Tom Izzo has tested positive. Numbers are skyrocketing. They're, they're, they're pinning, whatever the word I'm looking for is. They're as high as can be. They're shutting down major cities. Michigan uh, is, is going through all of this now. Again, Chicago is shutting down this week. It's, it's heading everywhere. So I like Patino's idea. Let's try and get this thing under a little bit of control and then start it a little later. Unlike last year where we had to just cut it off at the end, this time just push back the beginning. We're not obligated to march. They're ready to reschedule football if they have to. They rescheduled the NBA 
If we have to move this thing, let's move it. But I think the idea of trying to play a college basketball season that starts in two or three weeks feels very unrealistic to me. So I actually think Patino had that right. Let's see where it winds up. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. When the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run the football, they're the best team in the NFC. And someone needs to tell that to their coach. I am more convinced than ever that Bruce Arians and Tom Brady just don't see football the same way. Bruce Arians, who's a well-respected coach, he has a style. He has his own thing that he does. It's how he envisions football. Don't, if, if you're looking for a team and you want to try and put together a high-flying offense and throw defense to the wind, you don't hire Rex Ryan, right? Any of us who remember Rex, Rex believes in ground and pound and play defense. doesn't make him right or wrong. It's him. Bruce Arians be- believes in no risk it, no biscuit. doesn't make him wrong. But it does mean he's not the right coach for Tom Brady. When they run the football and throw the ball to the tight end and let their defense play, they're the toughest team to beat in the NFC. But he wants to fling it to Evans down the field, and he wants to fling it to Godwin, and he wants to throw the ball. He wants seven step drops, and he wants to put the ball in the air because that's what Bruce Arians believes in. And I'm not here to tell him he's wrong. But it's just so obvious that when they run the ball and are balanced, they're an entirely different team. Now, that's true of basically everyone. But there were other teams that can handle a lot better being totally dependent on the quarterback. See Green Bay for all these years. But Tom Brady, we had a stat this morning on television. In his career, when his team runs the ball 35 times, he's 75-2. and two. Last week against New Orleans, they ran the ball five times, and two of those were kneel downs. They had three rushing attempts in the game, and they got their heads handed to them. Yesterday, they went out there, and they ran the ball 37 times. What a difference it makes. And they're balanced. And they throw it to the tight end, they throw it to Brayt, and they throw it to Howard, and they throw it to Gronk. Orlovsky suggested on TV this morning they should have all three tight ends on the field at the same time, and he's right. That's how they should win. And let their defense be good, because it is. So the question for me is, will Bruce Arians be able to, in spite of himself, find a way to let this really be Brady's team? The personnel piece of it has been Brady's. Brady's the reason Antonio Brown is there. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. So let's see what happens. Let's see if Arians gets out of the way of that. They've got a a wide open door. They got a gift because I hate to say it, but I'm worried about Breeze a lot. New Orleans, that win yesterday could wind up being very costly. And we'll talk more about them a little later. But the Buccaneers got another chance to win the NFC South with a possible injury to the ribs of Breeze. It looked bad. He looked in a lot of pain. So I think the Buccaneers get their chance if they get hot to still win that division and maybe get the one seed, which I think would be a big deal. Let's see if he's able to do it. Let's see if the coach and the quarterback are able to figure out a way. Every week, our friends at Mercedes-Benz Vans ask me to pick someone who went the extra mile this weekend. Going the extra mile is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. This week, I have chosen Tua Tungovailoa. He went the extra mile yesterday. Did you see what he did? Did you see on the turnover where he was running back there making a tackle? Did you see Tua throwing himself into a tackle yesterday and going down awkwardly in the process? Was I the only one screaming at the television, Tua, get the hell away from the linebacker running with the football? 
with all the injury problems that guy has had, he's out there making a tackle. I'm going to revisit an old greeny rule that I have had on the air for many, many years. Hovering over every NFL game, over every NFL field, there should be like a helicopter or a hot air balloon or something like that that has like a little rope ladder. And the moment that there is a turnover, that rope ladder should drop and the quarterback should be able to grab onto it and be whisked away to safety like Tom Cruise in one of the Mission Impossible movies. Just hang onto that rope ladder and just lift this guy up, levitate him out of harm's way. Tua Tungavailoa in his third game in the NFL is making a tackle? Are you insane? The bottom line of it is this. The health and safety of the quarterback is so much more important than any one touchdown that might be scored in any regular season NFL game unless it's like the last week and the playoffs ride on winning or losing. Tua should not be out there making tackles. Quarterbacks should not be making tackles. Remember the best season of Andy Dalton's career? He hurt himself. How? Making a tackle. Cost him and his team. Bengals wound up in the playoffs that year. Andy Dalton had been playing great. Knocked himself out for the season. Trying to make a tackle. Quarterback should not be making tackles. Tua should be out of there. Hover something. Hot air balloon. Whatever it is. Just drop a little rope ladder. Grab onto it if you're the quarterback and whisk him away. It's not worth it. So that was the biggest mistake I saw anybody make yesterday. As we continue, the biggest loser of the weekend, however, did not come from that game. In fact, it did not come from the NFL at all. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We were thoroughly beaten in, in uh, every phase. Didn't really do anything well. Not a good place as a football team right now, and that falls on me. Everybody's got to do better, as I said. I'm at the front of the line in accountability. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio and streaming with you on ESPN+. Plus. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance, my guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, and that was the voice of Jim Harbaugh. And while a lot of people had good weekends and a lot of people had bad weekends, no one had a worse weekend than Jim did. 
And I've told you many times, I've known Jim for 30 years. He was the quarterback of the first NFL team I covered regularly. He was the quarterback of the Bears when I covered them. And I've always liked him. And so perhaps as a consequence of that, I've always been inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt. But at this point, there's no defending what's going on at Michigan. This has become just an unbridled disaster their season. You want some fascinating stats about Michigan brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app? I'll give you one right here uh, from them and the players, the caliber of players that they get and what it is that they're doing when they get them. Only Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State have more four- and five-star recruits than Michigan the last five years, right? So that's the talent that they're bringing in. Only Bama, Georgia, and Ohio State in the country have more top-rated recruits. But here's the stat. Brian Kelly has lost three of his last 35 games. Nick Saban has lost three of his last 36 games. Dabo Sweeney has lost three of his last 45 games. And Jim Harbaugh has lost three of his last three games. He's lost as many games in the last three weeks as Dabo Sweeney has in three years. It just doesn't get worse. He's lost more games in the last three weeks than Ohio State has in the last two years. Again, that's not a rivalry. The hammer and a nail don't have a rivalry. They have a relationship. And Michigan right now as a program is a lot more akin to a lot of other people than they are to Ohio State. Their only connections to Ohio State are geographic and historical. But there's nothing about that that feels relevant right now. So the question is, where does it go from here? Uh, Jim Harbaugh is something of an iconic and legendary figure. He's a larger-than-life figure. But right now he's got major problems. His contract expires at the end of next season. And our Heather Dinich was on TV with me this morning pointing out all the reasons that to give him an extension right now might be impossible. Listen. You're talking about a coach that has a $7.7 million salary and it's at a time when the athletic department is in a budget crunch. And then you couple that then with the on-field results and no wins against Ohio State, three and three against Michigan State, no appearances in the college football playoff, no Big Ten championships, and you add that up, how do, you, how do you justify it? It's going to be extremely difficult. How does she justify what she's talking about is an extension. But you can't be a lame duck coach in college football. You can't recruit anyone if you have one year left on your contract in college football. It will destroy them. It'll destroy the program. No one will go play for him if he has one year left on his deal and everyone knows it. So the question becomes, do you extend the contract or do you make a decision that Jim Harbaugh is leaving and you go out and try and find someone else? And I've said a million times, if you're Michigan and you've gone to Harbaugh, the legendary alum, the first round pick, the Schembechler product who had big success at Stanford and big success in the NFL and had a team one play away from winning a Super Bowl. If that doesn't work, where do you go now? You go into one of the big, you know, power, excuse me, one of the big group of five conference coaches and bringing them in? I guess so. But if this didn't work, what will? This was the slam dunk. This was the move that couldn't fail. And right now it's feeling precariously close to failing. That was a terrible performance on Saturday night. I switched over from my game to watch that. By the time I turned it on, it was over. In the second quarter, it was 28 nothing. They were never in the game. At home, not that being at home means what it usually does. The big house is just big right now, but it's empty. 
But even so, you got to play somebody tough. You got to play them. You got to give them a game. Can't be over in the second quarter. So I'll be very interested to see what they will do then. I mentioned my game. And for that, let me give you a little straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. My beloved Northwestern University Wildcats are 4-0 and playing Wisconsin this Saturday in a game that I cannot begin to tell you how nervous I already am for it. The clock hadn't struck zero in our game Saturday when we beat Purdue and played great. Then I started thinking about this week. Now, all of you who went to these big schools, the teams are always really good. If you went to, I don't know, Ohio State or Alabama, or whatever it might be, like you're accustomed to this. But I'm not. Well, the college that I went to, when I went to Northwestern University, we won seven games in my four years there combined. Northwestern is good, and we never get anywhere near the respect that we deserve. We're 19 in the AP poll right now, and we are way better than that. But that's okay. You have to earn that. When you don't have the history and the tradition, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. You have to earn it. Well, this weekend they can earn it. And I'm not going to sit here on Monday and start talking about a game on Saturday except to say to you that I'm already so nervous for this game that I can barely function. I woke up in the middle of the night last night. I'm a 53-year-old man with responsibilities and a family. And I woke up in the middle of the night last night thinking about this game against Wisconsin this weekend and being nervous about it. So all of you people who deal with these big you know, programs where you're constantly playing these monster games, I don't know how you do it. Because this means too much to me. Like, I'm, I'm never going to be okay here. <laughs> I'm not going to make it through this week. I'm just warning you. I'm going to be very difficult to deal with this week. And I'm glad that you will be here to help me try and get this thing right. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Back to the NFL for pretty much the rest of the show. Dan Orlovsky will join me. We'll have time for more of your hot takes as the day continues today. It was a fascinating day in the NFL where a lot of stuff started to get itself sorted out. And we'll figure out what it is. We'll figure out who it is that is going to finally win the NFC East and a whole lot more when Dan Orlovsky joins me next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.